Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, August 14th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanetti. And I am Broadway Star's James Marino. James, we've been doing this show for, uh, you know, we, we've been talking at least five days a week for two and a half years. And if there's something that I feel like you have probably learned, it's that I am dumb. Oh, I stop am, it. <laughs> I am not the sharpest tool in the drawer. I'm not the sharpest crayon in the toolbox. Um, apparently, I'm an idiot, and I don't have an excuse as to why I thought Sunday was Donna Murphy's final performance in Hello, Dolly. It's not. She has two more. I wish I could come up with a logical reason as to why I screwed that up so badly. I, I don't have one. Uh, <laughs> she will play Sunday, this Sunday, August 19th at 3 p.m., and then the next day, Monday, August 20th at 7 p.m., then she's done. Hmm. We'll just take that segment, the part that I said on yesterday's show, and re-air it uh, on Tuesday's episode. Um, yeah, so I apologize. I don't know what I was thinking. I saw a bunch of people on my Twitter feed saying, oh, it's the final time I'm going to see Donna. And I guess I just assumed ridiculously and awfully that that meant that was the final time she'd be doing it because these people love Donna Murphy and love Hello, Dolly. Um, so I figured they got her last one. They didn't. There's two more. So I apologize about that. And sorry for the confusion to everybody that I might have freaked out. If you have tickets for one of those last two performances, they're still good. Donna will still be there. Mm. Matt, I think I might be able to one up you. Uh, did did you uh, happen to hear that uh, Friday show ran yesterday? Yeah, that's probably my fault, too, isn't it? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was my fault. I mean, I, oh. I do. I do the upload, uh, you know, yeah. uh, so um, apologies to anybody who missed yesterday's show. Uh, we, uh, 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 I, I re-uploaded it um, in the feed, and you'll see in the title it says "fixed" uh, in the feed. If you missed yesterday's show and you want to go back and listen to it, I do happen to say that despite the uh, Donna Murphy thing, it was a pretty good show. So uh, yeah. I was yeah. gonna say, or, I was gonna say, or don't listen to it, so you won't hear me screw up the yeah. Donna Murphy thing, <laughs> <laughs> or skip skip right over the beginning of the Don, Donna yeah, Murphy exactly. thing. So, yeah. uh, anyway, uh, we're gonna try this one more time because uh, today is uh, the Tuesday show. Uh, so let's uh, take it from here. First up in the news, cast is announced for National Theater's Hades Town. Yes, James. If you will remember far back, deep into the recesses of your mind, all the way back to Friday's episode, I said something to the effect of that despite my standing for the musical Hades Town since I first heard the cast album, I was switching my allegiance to getting the Snoop Dogg musical Redemption of the Dog on Broadway before anything else. Well, as is my want, I am switching back because holy crap, every time they do a production of this show, the cast just gets better. The pre-Broadway production will play London's National Theater from November 2nd through January 26th. Now keep that date in mind. We're going to come back to that. And the cast is ridiculous. Returning to the show will be Patrick Page and Amber Gray, who have played Hades and Persephone since the first uh, off-Broadway production at New York Theater Workshop. And then again in the Citadel Theater in Edmonton. They will be joined by their Canadian Orpheus, erstwhile Peter Parker and Dorian Gray, Reeve Carney. They're coming back now. That in and of itself is a great cast for a show that I would want to see. But here's where it gets exciting. Joining the company as the fulcrum of the Orpheus and Hades triangle to mix my math and scientific metaphors will be Miss Saigon Tony nominee Eva Noblezada. She will be 
She will replace TV Carpio, who played the role in Edmonton, who replaced Nabaya B at NYTW. But friends, that's not all, as the legendary Andre DeShields will join the cast as Hermes. He will replace Kingsley Legs, who played the part for our friends north of the border. But Legs is currently on leave from Pretty Woman and will return to that show when he is able. Chris Sullivan, who originated the role off-Broadway, is now playing Toby on NBC's hit drama This Is Us. Also joining the company will be Rosie Fletcher, Carly's Mercedes Dyer, and Gloria Onatiri uh, as the Fates, and we'll have the complete cast list, including the ensemble, in the show notes. But James, this is they. This is a great cast. It's perfect. I, I love everything about this cast. But as I mentioned a minute ago, the show runs through January 26th in London. Despite that late date overseas. Today, on the episode airing on August 14th in the year of our Lord, 2018, <laughs> I am saying that not only will Town find a way to sneak onto Broadway before the Tony eligibility deadline, but it will win the Best Musical Award. Paige, Gray, Carney, and Noble Zada will all receive acting nominations and... At least two of them will win. I'm going to hold back on which on saying which ones will be the ones to win because I'm not exactly sure how they're each going to be categorized, but I will say at least two of them win. But for them to legitimately get in before the deadline in late, in late April, they will need to begin previews, presumably in late March. So even if they have a truncated rehearsal and maybe even preview period because they're coming straight from the London production, they'll have to start rehearsals in late February or early March, just four or five weeks after they close across the pond it'll be tight but james do you think um you know they're they're going to be motivated to make it happen this season i think it's going to be a great year for them to kind of dominate some of these other more let's just say less heralded shows and we're going to talk about one of them here in a second um but i think they're going to get it done i think they're going to be motivated to get it done in late april do you think that I'm fanboying too much about this show and it's clouding my judgment here? Do you think this is possible or are they going to have to wait for the fall? I think they have to wait for the fall. I mean, there there's too many wild variables there. Uh, and if they're going to lock up these people after these people have been away from their uh, loved ones in London for so long... Um, I don't know if people are planning to do stuff when they get back or if they've already locked in the contracts for a, they, I would think they would have to already lock in the contracts for the Broadway run right now uh, for them to do it. So we'll have to see. And, you know, it may be that they're going to see the writing on the wall and uh, whether or not they can read the tea leaves of whether this season is better to go at it this season or wait for Moulin Rouge next season to go up against. So, well, and uh, another thing to keep in mind about what they'd have to go up against, the director of Town is Rachel Chavkin. She is also the director of another show that is eyeing a Broadway run, and that is Lempika. That show... I think after all of the success that it had at the uh, Williamstown Theater Festival would probably like to come in this season as well. But she's directing both. She's also directing an off-Broadway musical. And I think that opens in February. Um, so she can't do all three. So I would imagine we'll definitely have a Rachel Chavkin show in the spring this season. That's my guess. I, I'm almost positive it's going to be Hadestown, uh, but that's really just conjecture on my part. It's just a gut feeling. You don't bring those people in to then wait for six, eight months as other shows open and win Tony's that you could have won um, 
in the meantime. So well, we'll, will we'll, they, we will see. Will they win Olivier's? Um, I don't believe I don't know. Or is National Theater shows eligible for Olivier's? Because it's not technically West End. I don't I don't know. Someone from uh, some, someone from uh, from London will have to let us know that I'm not exactly uh, an expert on the Olivier's or anything really, apparently, by my Donna Murphy take. But we'll see. <laughs> All right, uh, so put that back in your quill, and we will uh, check it out uh, as it rolls around. Uh, so next up, is Hades Town going to be concerned about the reviews from uh, getting the band back together? Only in a general sense for the well-being of the Broadway theater, uh, because these reviews are—I mean, let's call a spade a spade—they're as bad if not worse than what we anticipated. Um, nobody thought that getting the band back together, which is a show that opened last night at the Blasco Theater, was going to be high art or something that redefined <laughs> the Broadway musical, at least not in a good way. But man, we're recording, at, at, it's after nine o'clock, and for some reason only two reviews are out, which is abnormal for when these things normally come out. But the two that are out, are pretty rough, James. They're, uh, I'm going to hit refresh just just in case anything has come up. Hollywood reporters come up. So um, we'll, we'll get to that one here in a second. But the two that, um, that we already have um, are Matt Winman from AM New York, who gave the show one out of four stars. And he was a little generous based off what he wrote. But he said, quote, originality as in not being based on a pre-existing film or song catalog turns out not to be the equivalent of quality in getting the band back together. A tacky, witless and amateurish new pop rock musical set in Sayreville, New Jersey, that might have been commendable had it been written and performed by high school students from Sayreville, but is a total embarrassment to find on Broadway. Didn't pull any punches there. Uh, the other one that we had before we got started um, is Chris Jones from the Chicago Tribune. He said, quote, this isn't a show that worries at all about internal logic or credibility or diversity. It's an ode of lamentation to lost youth, a theme as old as Broadway itself. No crime there, and some discount ticket buyers will have fun. There even are a few touching moments when the musical manages to hone in on the repressiveness of small town lives and dreams. However, the real shocker out of Jones's review is how he opens it. And James, I've told you that this was coming um, and you're going to see the show tonight. So I warned you, I don't know if he'll still be doing it after opening, but uh, Jones writes, quote, the last time I saw a bona fide warm up act at a musical was back in the 1990s at the Royal Palm Dinner Theater in Palm Beach, Florida. <laughs> but there was Ken Davenport, the famously populist Broadway producer and book writer for getting the band back together, working the crowd Friday night at the Belasco Theater on Broadway with his handheld mic, telling jokes, prom promising a blast, trying to find a middle aged dude in the audience who did, in fact, once have a band that he dreams of getting back together. Now, James, I um, I, I don't know what to say about Ken Davenport doing a curtain speech like I've you know, because I've been a subscriber and see a lot of shows um, in, in regional theater. I I see a lot of curtain speeches can honestly say I've never seen one on Broadway. Yeah. So uh, while we were talking, David Cody over at The Observer uh, has released um, his review and uh, the term garbage fire has come up. And oh. uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, a chest tattoo. And um, no one ever went broke underestimating the intelligence of the American public. So I, I, wonder, I wonder, James, if by the time this comes out, 
what what will it look like over at didhelikeit.com? What do, what are the chances that that the show is not on didhelikeit.com? Hmm. I uh think that probably did he like it might go down under the weight <laughs> of traffic tonight. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, uh yeah. So yeah. just it it's it it it's not good. Um, and I feel bad because there's a lot of people in the show. I like, I, I really like Mitch Jarvis. I really like Kelly Barrett. Um, and Mary Lou Henner, of course, she's a legend, but man, this just seems like a vanity project run amok. Um, that probably was never planning on being good on Broadway. Anyway, this is probably something that they hope to license, um, and, and try to make money that way because this is kind of seems like as, you know, to quote Matt Winman, a total embarrassment to find on Broadway. Yeah, I mean, but it was a year ago booked in the Belasco, a year yeah, out. Uh, very true. And uh, perhaps Hades Town is playing the long game is going to get the Belasco. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. They've got to go to London first. They're not going to be ready to get to, to open in October. <laughs> well, in order to have uh, what's called subsidiary rights, a show needs to play on Broadway for a certain number of performances. So. Maybe they can stretch it out through uh, through the fall. We'll see. There, there's uh, David Cody is supposing that um, that uh, Davenport is shooting for the straight white men, forty to sixty year old market uh, with this show of people who all, who all saw eight of them. Yeah, well, the people who saw the uh, Springsteen show and are willing to fork out, uh, and they're like, "Hey, this Broadway thing is not so bad. Maybe they'll." Spend a few hundred bucks more on other tickets. Anyway, so let's move forward into last week's Broadway grosses. All right. Last week was a was one of those weird anomaly weeks that we've gotten a lot over the past year as the total grosses went up nearly two and a half percent. But that's because Bruce Springsteen returned after a week off, bumping the total up to thirty seven point three million dollars. However, 20 of Broadway's 31 shows saw week to week dips. However, only five of them were more than twenty six thousand five hundred dollars. So it wasn't like a bunch of them took big hits to their bottom line. Beautiful saw the biggest decline following the departure of Supergirl Melissa Benoist. It dipped more than 209,000 to come in at 602K. My Fair Lady was next, dropping 140,000, but it was still fine being north of $1.1 million. The biggest riser was The Boys and the Band in its final week on Broadway, setting a booth box office record with $1,152,649. It was followed by Pretty Woman playing its first eight-show week, increasing $134,000 to come in at $1.14 million. Hamilton was at the top with $3.14 million, followed by The Lion King at two point four, Harry Potter at two point two, and Hello, Dolly, and Frozen both at $2.1 million. Also above a million in descending order are Springsteen on Broadway in just four shows Wicked, Dear Evan Hansen, Aladdin uh, Mean Girls, Phantom of the Opera the, the Book of Mormon, the aforementioned trio of Boys in the Band, Pretty Woman and My Fair Lady then Come From Away and Spongebob Squarepants. Unfortunately Head Over Heels saw a $10,000 decline while getting the band back together saw a 44k increase putting the Go-Go's musical at the bottom of the grosses ladder last week at just under $287,000. Now James I know that they were hoping for a bump for following the mostly positive reviews a few weeks ago. But at this point, I, I'm just not sure that that's going to happen. We are now just a little less than three weeks away from Labor Day. So I would imagine that if a show is going to close over that holiday weekend, they would ideally like 
to announce no later than half hour call tonight in order to give people time to purchase tickets for the last few weeks. So we will see what shows like Head Over Heels once on this island, which was at just $521,000 or Beautiful, which had, which had its third worst eight performance showing on Broadway ever finally decide to do if they're going to wrap it up here before we get into the slower fall season. Yeah, I think that that is uh, probably, you know, in in the cards that's going to be happening soon. So uh, (sighs) next up is a story that we we should have told you about yesterday, but there was just so much to talk about yesterday. (laughs) Uh, There was a special delivery at Phantom of the Opera last week. Yes, James. And this comes directly from your Facebook uh, because you stole it from someone named Tony Massey. I don't know who he is, but here's what he posted on Facebook last week. Quote, tonight during the first act at the Majestic, a delivery guy showed up in the lobby with a pizza and drinks. He was told that no one here had ordered it. So he called the number on the order. Turns out that an audience member had ordered it during the show and had it delivered. She got up and came out of the show to get it, but obviously wasn't allowed to take it inside. It just never ceases to amaze me how ridiculous people can be. Now, James, I love me some delivery pizza. Mm, yeah. Uh, I'm not a huge Phantom fan, so I would imagine that, you know, maybe having some Pizza Hut would make it better. But really? Really? Yeah, I mean... If you had ordered at Uber Eats before the show had started and really done your homework and made sure that it got delivered at intermission and you could have run out to 44th Street and uh, kissed somebody from Frozen in the middle of the street and had some pizza and gone back into Phantom, sure, but this is uh, this is one of the uh, signs of the apocalypse, uh, four horsemen type of thing. <laughs> I'm normally all for people being you know, relaxed and whatever, do enjoy the theater. I don't, I'm I'm not too stingy about, you know, these old unwritten rules of what you have to do to be a good audience member, as long as you're not, you know, talking or filming, but ordering a pizza to be delivered in the middle of a, like, really? (laughs) Okay, Matt, what other news do we have? All right, just a few things. Yesterday it was announced that Ann Kaufman will remain on as the artistic director for Encore's Off Center in 2019. She and the former, uh, actually originating AD, Janine Tesori, took over in 2018 following the untimely death of the original uh, uh, artistic director for the season, Michael Friedman. Kaufman is uh, wonderful. Uh, So congratulations to her and the entire Off Center program. I'm interested to see what she comes up with for next summer. Next up, the mind-blowing off-Broadway hit in and of itself has broken the box office record at the Daryl Roth Theater of $216,630 in its penultimate week. And it will likely do it again as they've added an extra row of seats for the final week of performances, Derek Delgadio will play his final performance on Sunday. James, you and I have both raved about the show. I interviewed Derek. So if you can find a way to see this before it's gone, because he just said, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not going to London. I'm not going to tour it. The show is done. It is special. See it if you can. And finally, this is weird. And I don't really understand this. Um, But on Monday, Goodspeed announced that they would have to cancel a handful of performances in the middle and at the end of the run of the new musical adaptation of Cyrano starring like big time TV and movie star Peter Dinklage because Blake Jenner, formerly of Glee, who plays Christian in the musical, 
quote, will be leaving the company to star in an upcoming television project. Goodspeed's efforts to find a replacement have been unsuccessful. Huh? Well, A, there's no understudy, and B, you can't, Goodspeed can't find an actor to learn a part quickly to be in a musical with Peter Dinklage? Huh? Isn't isn't Kudish on the speed dial up at Goodspeed? I mean, <laughs> Kudish, I don't know, is the exact same type no, as yeah, Blake sure. Jenner. But yeah. I mean, like, seriously, this is a, a musical from a major regional theater company. I they, Have they won a Tony? I feel like they've won a Tony for regional yeah. theater. But if not, to do a musical with Peter Dinklage, like, you give it to me. I'll do it. I'll learn the show in three days. Fly me up there. I will take the part. I don't understand this, James. <laughs> I am, you know, just as shocked as you are with this. It just doesn't not make any sense. Why? I'll do it uh, for free. I'll do it for free. I'm not. I'm not equity, so you don't have to worry about that. Just whenever, give me. Just let, let me do a play with Peter Dinklage. <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess that's about it for today. Why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us, and Matt's going to take you through Wednesday, and I'll see you back on Thursday. Unless you just decide not to go see getting the band back together. That's an option, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 